What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm your host, Howard Bender. No Adam Rhone is still, still uh, gallivanting around the globe on vacation. Uh, where he is, I have no idea. No We'll just kind of hope that he comes back in one piece. In the meantime, the red carpet stays rolled out and we entertain a number of unbelievable guests here on the show. One of my personal favorites here tonight. Not that everybody isn't, you know, a, a good friend and a, a, a co-worker and all sorts of stuff. But um, since his, uh, his first toe dipped into the fantasy pool for work purposes... Uh, James Grande uh, at the underscore real underscore Grande on Twitter joins us here tonight. James, what's going on? How you doing? Nothing much, Howard. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words. Per usual. Um, excited to be here. Excited to be back in the uh, the podcast space. It's been a while since the NBA podcasting uh, came to a close, you know, so it's a uh, jump back in the saddle and I'm ready to do this. So I'm excited to be here again. Now, NBA tipping off actually right now, Trey Young is out. <laughs> is this the end of the Hawks? Like the game hasn't even started yet. And I'm asking you, is this the Milwaukee Bucks uh, year right now? I mean, I thought that if anyone was going to dethrone Brooklyn in the East, it was going to be Milwaukee. I thought they had the best chance um, to do so. Uh, the Drew Holiday edition was definitely a, a good, uh, you know, a, a huge over last year's version, which was Eric Bledsoe. But yeah, I think this is the end of the road for the Hawks. And it's been a good story. Everyone loves a good Cinderella, Howard. Um, it, it's coming to an end because they don't have the guy uh, that Trey Young has become or ice tray as uh, some people refer to him now. Um, and they're just not going to score enough. They're not going to outscore him. I thought it was going to be three, one with or without Trey. You know, I, I, pre I predict that on, on alarm after hours last night. Um, uh, it's three, one, it's three, one. I don't think we need to uh, really. It, it, sorry, Atlanta. Sorry. Anyone from Atlanta listening. Uh, it's a great run, but uh, your time has your your watch. What is the quote from? Oh, you're not a Game of Thrones guy. Never mind. I was gonna go the Game of Thrones route, but I know. Yeah, I'm not the Game of Thrones guy. But I mean, listen. You know, to me, it's 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 not much more different than the uh, than the Knicks end of their run right. uh, at the hands of Atlanta. Is that the Knicks? Um, well, they they came in as like the four seed. They were made the the entire season of you know of basically beating teams that were better than them, just outperforming them. Uh, when it mattered most and you just you, you just knew the luck was going to run out at that point and uh you know i mean listen everybody in atlanta you gotta love them and they're all heading out to uh what's that place that uh what's that gentleman's club in atlanta now that has uh the lou williams lemon pepper wings that's where you magic city magic city howard magic city magic city there it is shout out to magic city uh, just an unbelievable menu right there. <laughs> Apparently the best restaurant Lou Williams says he's ever been to, by the way. There was an article done by a Hawks beat writer after that uh, happened, and he confirmed they were the best wings that he's ever had. Um, I, I have to find the article, but he confirmed, that, you know, I don't know if he's a personal friend of Lou Williams and he had his back or not, but, you know, <laughs> that remains to be seen. And uh, but there is an article floating around out there that uh, states that they, they are the best wings around. 
We might we might have to do like a like a fantasy alarm, like, <laughs> like a like a trip or something. Like you know, we like everybody's like, yeah, we should be in Vegas together and all hanging out there. Like, well, maybe we should go to Atlanta, right? I mean, come on, is there ga- gambling's got to be legal in Georgia, right? Um, I mean, if it's not, there's always Magic City. There, well, there you go. <laughs> I was just gonna say we go there for dinner. Oh yeah, well that's what. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Get your mind out of the gutter. I was talking about dinner as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. Somebody's a new daddy. He shouldn't be talking about Magic City at all. <laughs> at all. So, James, this is uh, this is actually this is your first appearance here on the uh, on the Annie Up podcast. So let's let the uh, the audience get to know you a little bit here. Um, obviously, you've been working with uh, with Fantasy Arm. How many years is it now? I believe it's going on seven, I think seven years in October, um, starting out on the news and notes team back in what, 2014, my math, if that's how math works, I think, you know, I don't know. I'm not very good at math. I'm not not a strong calculator. Same. So I guess we're at a standstill. So so I'll go, we'll say it was seven years um, in October. Starting off in the news and notes team, I won't reveal my my salary for that, but uh, I'm happy to I'm happy to have, you know, it, it it's always a good um, it's always a good thing to look back on just considering where, you know, in, in any line of work, just where you started and, and where you are, um, because here I am seven years later, full time with uh, exactly where I want to be. So it's just, you know, it's. So it's, it's always a good reminder of like the 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 grind and the the work you put in and uh, where you end up. Look at that, and even being modest here, not not announcing to the world that he is the assistant managing uh, managing editor uh, or associate managing, not assistant, because that puts that 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 doesn't that no. You are the associate managing editor here at Fantasy Alarm, and uh, yeah, listen, man, you and you and John and Pemba have been. Both my right hand men uh, for so long, so many times. You guys just do phenomenal work as always. So um, fantastic bringing you on here as a uh, as a full timer. Very well deserved. I mean, the work is fantastic. I mean, listen, anybody who sees like you know your playbooks and your write ups, whether it's NBA or MLB, um, always on point, always great stuff. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell the world that you're helping me with my tout daily lineup here, right? I, I'm not ashamed of that. Otani's already got a home run. Tommy Pham's got a hit in a game that just started. Um, I do. Uh, I'm going up against Ani Sreeder, producer over at Sirius XM right now. Um, he's got Aaron Judge in his lineup, dude. So mm. I'm already uh, behind the eight ball, so to speak. Well, you know, San Diego was an hour delay, so we just we're we're kicking off, and and they already they already have two runs in the first, so I think it's going to be a a really good night, Howard, uh, for San Diego, Great American Small Park, as you like to call it, uh, the number one. Uh, if anyone saw that tweet on DFS Alarm today, the number one scoring park in baseball, no longer Coors Field, it is Great American, number one. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be a lot of runs tonight, and primarily from the San Diego side, and we're going to be reaping the benefits, Howard. Would you say though that it's number one now because that Colorado lineup is so trashy? <laughs> like it's disgusting. Like Charlie Blackman, I don't know what the hell happened to him. Yeah, that dude fell bad. off a cliff. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, I think that probably plays a plays a role, but 
Um, I mean, they're fourth. So like they've fallen back. And, and yes, I do think that plays plays. a. But when you look at their numbers and you look at their splits, them being the Rockies, their home splits are not bad. It's just they're that bad on the road. Um, and they're they're not, you know, there's no Nolan Arenado there anymore. And they don't obviously have the big bopper. So, you know, to your point, I agree. And then I also think that, you know, maybe Great Americans just it's just that park this year, you know, I mean, it's always been a hitter friendly environment and the Reds lineup and maybe this plays to your point. Again, the Reds lineup has been pretty damn good this year. So a lot of runs scored. I I just, you know, Tony Santian on the mound plus the Reds bullpen, which ranks last in ERA. And I mean, I think that's a recipe for success. And I think that's why there's a lot of runs scored at, uh, at Great American Small Park. But I mean, I I do think there is some merit to the Rockies lineup being trash because it is, in fact, trash. It's so bad. It is it's bad. Just horrible. And you know, it's kind of funny too, because you know, when we were talking about lineups and you were talking about, you know, Coors Field exposure, um, you know, I was like, ah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping that you weren't gonna be like, you know, grab some of these Rockies, you know, get yourself some. Brendan Rogers or, or something like that. I mean, this team has just been uh, abysmal. Instead, you give me Ben Gamble. <laughs> Dude, can I just tell you, it's so funny. So here, here here's the, the, the funniest part about it, right? Is that I'm getting, you know, decimated by early injuries in, uh, in, in tout, right? Like, right. And it's AL only. Okay, so I'm like, okay, damn, you know, I got, I'm like scraping bottom of the barrel, uh, waiver wire, looking for for outfielders, and Ben Gamma was there, uh, obviously with Cleveland, and and he was like kind of getting some time, whatever, and then it just, and then he just completely, you know, he was just absolutely atrocious. He Ben Gammeled himself. He woke up and he realized that he's Ben Gamble. Um, then he gets dealt to Pittsburgh. Right. And uh, and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I mean, does that does that really matter? I mean, the dude, Cleveland was bad. Now Pittsburgh's even worse because I get to, you know, because it's AL only, I get to retain, um, you know, Gamble as a uh, as a player. <laughs> I know. Right. Like and that's, you know, it, and it's atrocious. And and so so there I am. I'm like miserable with with Gamble. And I just he's on my bench, but I'm not going to drop him because. You know, once you drop him, then he uh, then he disappears from the player pool. Right. Right. Because he's in the (laughs) NL. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I'm going to need a backup outfielder at some point. Meanwhile, in NL in uh, NL labor. Right. I get a a call from Derek Cardi uh, who wants to make a trade and he's, you know, wants to throw me an outfielder for and and a closer for you know, a, a better outfielder. And, you know, I was like, well, I need a body back in this cause it's NL only. And he's like, what about Ben Gamble? Oh, no. And I was like, dude, really? I was like, come on, man. I'm like, Ben Gamble. I, I have Ben Gamble in, in, in tout wars. You're going to, you're going to try and sell me on Ben Gamble. He's like, well, all right. What about Odabel Herrera? I was like, ah, that's much better. Now oh, you're speaking funny. my language, even though Odubel Herrera is going to end up like losing his job at some point. Um, at least it was better than Ben Gamble. Although I guess tonight I am the biggest Ben Gamble fan in the in the world, right? I mean, yeah, 
definitely you would have definitely led the fantasy baseball industry howard i would if you had ben gamble in both um i would have liked to see a poll if anyone else had ben gamble in more than one league because i would bet the under on pretty much everyone else's teams thank thankfully you only do have just <laughs> ben gamble on just one team but surefire uh, way to surefire way to lose your season is, sure, is relying oh, on ben gamble oh yeah no there's no doubt like i you know you just you just like you're not going to mail it in, but like you just know the outcome of what's to come by the season's end. So, um, oh, oh, for a lot, oh for. <laughs> but tonight, Howard, I mean, hitting third in in the uh, the Pittsburgh lineup. I know Herman Marquez has been good, um, but it's hot and muggy and cores, and he's he was two freaking thousand dollars. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, min price. It's a it's a no brainer at min price only because even if he puts up a zero, you didn't lose anything nothing, using nothing, him. nothing. And 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 you know, that's the one thing about baseball DFS that you can make up. You can make up zeros. The only DFS sport that you can make up a zero is yeah, and it is baseball and. Yeah. It got it gets you Otani and it gets you Tatis and it gets you the big names. And if you wanted to go spend up on Aaron Judge or you know the MVP Cedric, Cedric Mullins, who already has a home run tonight, you can. So um, Ooh, I do. I love Cedric Mullins. I heard I heard a rumor that that the Yankees were looking at Cedric Mullins. I would I I would I would sell the farm. I would sell the farm. Is Cedric him. is. Like, could Cedric Mullins, let's say he stays in Baltimore, which I, I don't see why they wouldn't keep the guy, but let's say they, he stays in Baltimore. And I, I did, I wrote this up on the morning buzz like a, a few weeks ago. Um, could you see Cedric Mullins as a top 10 outfielder that had, by end of season, could he be a top 10 outfielder in fantasy baseball? Could he even be a top five outfielder in fantasy baseball? I mean, <sighs> You know, given given what we're seeing right now when we're talking about, you know, hitters like Otani and Vlad Jr. and, you know, Soto's, you know, starting to heat up and, right. you know, Devers has looked really great. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of good quality. I mean, you, and you're, you're still talking about Acuna and you're talking right. about, you know, Trout when he comes back. So, I mean, to put him that high up as a top 10, um, you know, top five, I'm not so sure. If if he turns out a season like let's see turns out a twenty twenty season I mean I mean that's definitely like a a top fifteen outfielder especially if he hits for average too he has fourteen and fourteen with a three fifteen average and a nine twenty OPS Damn, as that's of tonight high. that's I mean that's and that's what I'm saying I don't know if like I think we realize how good he's been. But I don't think we've realized how really good he's like. He has been nothing short of amazing in terms of fantasy production. And this is a guy that was drafted in what, Howard, five, 10, 12. Like, what percent of leagues do you think Cedric Mullins was drafted? Oh, he was. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, it's so hard for me to kind of judge that because he was taken in every league that I'm in. Well, right. But like, but like, how, how much, how much, like people weren't, I don't think necessarily like super high on such. No, 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 no. I mean, listen, you can just 
see his ADP was right. down low. Like he was a, he was a guy that people were taking in like, you know, round 15, you know, it might not have been that low. It might've been a little bit higher than that, but I mean, listen, no, I think this is really, he's really blossomed into that prototypical leadoff hitter that you want. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Imagine if he just wasn't on such a shit team <laughs> that he could, that he could really just like, I mean, God, could you imagine him leading off for the Yankees with LeMahieu batting second? Oof. Your Oof. pants just get tight. Mine just get yeah, tight. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Howard, I got, so I have the ADP in front of me. You want to hear it? Cedric Mullins headed into the year. Yeah. So, this is NF, uh, NFBC. Um, he was <laughs> he was the 110th outfielder on the board behind a outfielder in Yasiel Puig, who's not in baseball. Uh, five sixteen. His ADP was five sixteen. Oh wait 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 wait! Hold on! Come please on! Hold. Please hold! Please hold! Please hold! It had the uh, the the. The preset was a little wrong. Yeah, the dates, the dates here were a little wrong. Uh, please hold, please hold. The dates were the dates were slightly off. Okay, um, but it didn't get much better. Five twenty nine, um, and he is outfielder one eleven behind Marwin Gonzalez. Wow, that's that's amazing. I find that I find that surprising that he's that far down i mean you knew he was playing regularly you knew he had the potential of being a leadoff hitter i mean no every nobody likes the orioles and right now but i mean you know with the, with the fact that stolen bases like i wrote my my most recent article in, uh on fantasy alarm buzz cuts uh about stolen bases and where you're looking for them i mean whit merrifield leads the league in stolen bases with 21 right, right now um if you kind of figure we're we're almost at that point in the all-star break, we're we're looking at or we're on pace for like 2019 stolen base numbers, which were at, at like such a crazy low. It was like 2200 mm -hmm. uh between the two leagues. So we're we're kind of on that pace right now. So given the fact that Mullins is, you know, is a leadoff hitter who had the potential of stealing you at least 10 to 15 bags. Um I'm surprised that his ADP is that far down. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's it's cool. It's cool to see those things and see how I mean again, like I don't want to keep harping on this point, but like if the numbers continue, I mean, like you said, like I, you did meant you rattle off a ton of great. But if we're talking a guy who has 14-14 now, you said 2020. I mean, we could be talking about 25-25 or yeah. 30, I mean, 20, give me 30, 30 20. 20. And if you're, if at, at this state of, of fantasy baseball, you give me a 30, 20 guy. I mean, it, I'd be hard pressed not to find him in the top 10, uh, especially if he's still hitting 300 and, and scoring a lot of runs too, like, which he's doing. So um, interesting, interesting to see where he was drafted, uh, especially when you see him drafted behind uh, John and Pemba's favorite player, Marwin Gonzalez. But um <laughs> It's just it's just crazy how good he's been, man. It's crazy. It really is. It's fantastic. It's fan you know, Jen Piacenti and I were talking just before on the Fantasy Alarm show, uh, MVP voting. We neither one of us suggested Cedric Mullins. We narrowed it down to either Vlad or Otani. I mean, let alone I mean, put Otani in the Hall of Fame. He's in a different cat. Like just 
send him to Cooperstown now um, and then give Vlad the MVP so they both win, you know? That would be nice, but you got to only you got to you got to pick one for MVP. Where you who are you leaning? Um, I mean, if I'm you're gonna, saying put Otani in the Hall I'm of Fame right Otani, now, you got to be leaning him. It's Otani. It's Otani. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it's Otani as well. Um, I mean, the dude's got it's a sub three ERA, yeah, right? Crazy. With like eighty plus strikeouts. Do you think Otani could hit Otani? Like, do you think well, he would he would know where the ball's going? So, yeah. <laughs> do, do you think Otani's best pitch could strike Otani out? Um, the Shuto? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it's just like the guy is just. And, and to think he wasn't going to hit a home run every night in Yankee Stadium was just we're two for two. Two for two. Absolutely. <laughs> and that would be and he's he's on the mound tomorrow night. Also, yeah. he's on the, for those who are listening right now. Uh, we're recording here Tuesday night, so it's Wednesday, and Otani is on the bump uh, against the uh, against the Yankees, and will will hit as well. So, oh baby, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. Now, let me ask you this, because I, you know, you were just talking about. I mean, if we if we bump up Cedric Mullins and we say top fifteen, and we talk about the way offense is, you know, right now, you know, one of the things that you know we we tend to know is that, you know, when the weather warms up and, you know, you referred to it being muggy in Colorado, that the offense tends to tick up. How are you handling not just the summertime, but also now with the the whole spider tax situation? Um, how are you handling as far as your research goes uh, for DFS? Are you, are you pitcher friendly? Are you more hitter friendly? Is it strictly just a slate of games now? Or, you know, how are you, uh, how are you handling some of the changes that we're seeing? I mean, I definitely think there are less dominant performances uh, on the mound. I think that's clear. I mean, what was the best performance we saw from Monday? You know, um, it's not something that we've really been used to. We've been used to eight no hitters this year and and people flirting with no hitters. And that kind of hasn't been the case. And we've seen aces like Garrett Cole get shelled. And we've seen aces like Trevor Bauer just look good, right? But not 300 million good. Um, so I do think there's, you know, a priority on bats. And and that's why, you know, you kind of spend down on someone like Ben Gamble so you can afford a Otani at 5,000 and a Tatis at 5,000. So I definitely think there is a a priority on bats um, because as these pitchers who can't use what they've been using, whether it's sunscreen or spider tack or whatever it is, um, their pitches are more flat and the ball is traveling more already. So I do think that there, there should be more of a, uh, a desire to jam in offense and look, okay. You know, Brandon Woodruff, someone that I was heavy on on Tuesday hasn't didn't really see a, a tick or an impact from his first spider tax start um, his last time out. So I think there are a lot of just elite pitchers um, that aren't going to be affected by loss of spin rate and whatnot. Um, and I do think matchups still matter in that regard, but I, I do think there's a priority on bats. I do think the parks are going to matter and, and dimensions even more to jam in those bats. So um, it's always going to be slate dependent, Howard. 
I, it's always going to matter who's facing who. Um, but at the end of the day, if pitchers can't do what they've been doing for the last however many years this has been going on, um, it's going to tip the scales the offensive towards the offense. Um, and power numbers are going to start to rise, you know, whether the ball has been altered or not. And I think that's just kind of what it is. So, yeah, I think research does change a little bit. And I think, you know, like any fantasy sport, you have to adjust on the fly and you have to adjust on league settings and and you have to adjust on the way that the league is handling their own, you know, personal stuff, whether it's um, pitchers doing what they're not supposed to be doing or not. So I do think that the research does change a little bit moving forward. And I do think we should um, be looking at offenses a, a lot more than we were uh, and not just jamming in the the top pitchers uh, on every slate. Um, leave it to baseball to screw you like two years in a <laughs> row, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. They, they can't make it easy on you at all. They have to like turn around and, you know, it was like the shortened season and, right. you know, that while NBA was happening and you were like a basket case last <laughs> year because you were going back and forth. I mean, you know, insane amount of work that you put in. It was great that you would think that, okay, this year it's the regular season, blah, blah, blah. You finished up NBA. We bring you in here for, for MLB. You take over, you know, in the second part of the, you know, well, the, 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 the last two thirds of the season, um, over on MLB and you're in the middle of now, like the spider tax <laughs> scandal and, and all of this shit that I, I don't know how you stay a baseball fan. I mean, you know, it's tough between that and the Yankees, uh, struggles, which, you know, we can get to totally different topic, but, uh, I mean, yeah, but again, it's just being a fantasy fanatic and being a DFS fanatic um, you just, you have fun with the adjustments, you know, it can be annoying, no doubt about it. You know, it sucks. Cause I think this whole thing that baseball is doing, I mean, they checked a position player for, for sticky substance last night. Did you see that? A position player who was what? pitching in a blowout. <laughs> Again, you have to search everybody. It's not just, it's not about, because listen, dude, like, you know, look, look at the world in which we live right now. Like, look at the world in which we live. You're telling me that if if umpires start picking and choosing which players are, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's going to be like, you see that umpire over there? He always searches the guys who look Jewish, right? Like, <laughs> you, you, like all of a sudden, like, this is what we're going to get. So umpires, they have to, they have to search everybody in any situation, I think. I mean, it's more about just like, I think like the checking and like, it's just like, you have this initiative to, to speed up the game and you, you take all these steps to speed up the game. And this, like, I know like they're coming off the field and you know, the, but like what happens when the, the pitchers start arguing. And the other day when Hector Santiago gets removed for his sunscreen or the, the MLB given rosin that he was allowed to use on a hot day, he's, they because he is sweating on a hot day, he's removed. I mean, I just think it's it's well, it is who, a, who, who's confirming that it was sweat. I mean, I guess nobody's confirming it was exactly. sweat, but it was. But the but I mean, are we now we're not allowed to use rot like he's not allowed to use rosin. 
No, no, no. You can, but who's to say if they confiscated his glove? Like, here's the thing. Like, they confiscated his glove and he got suspended, which means that they found something there that was more than just rosin and mixed with sweat. They had to have. You can't suspend it. You're not going to suspend a guy for 10 games um, if you didn't find anything or if you just turned around and was like, oh, it's just rosin and suntan lotion. Or are they using Hector Santiago as the, you know, as the test subject? Because, you know, I, I would. Well, it, he sucks anyway, so it's I not mean, like you're losing. Right. It's not like we're. Yeah, I mean, he's there's. Right. And, you know, if he was like <laughs> on the mound, you know, if he was pitching on tonight against Toronto at some point, I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't fare very well for him. But I'm just, you know, it's just, I just I just don't like the whole the whole situation in general, but it's been fun to, you know, again, it's adjustments on the fly in terms of fantasy sports. And I think the adjustments are, are fun. Like it's, you know, it's not fun, but it's fun. It's not fun for everybody, but like stuff like that is fun for me. I don't know. I like to, I like the, the challenge, you know, of bettering yourself and having to adjust on the fly based on whatever star night. Well, power to you, my friend. Power to you. Listen, I've got no complaints with the fact that that you enjoy that because um, I, I'm not going to lie. It makes my life a, a whole lot easier. <laughs> if you didn't, then I'd be like, shit, I got to do this stuff right. now. Right. And uh, and and you, you're so much better at it than I am. So I'm, I'm happy to leave it uh, at that. I'll tell you what, when we come back, we'll get we'll get away from the uh, the the uh, the terrible saga of baseball and spider tech and sticky stuff. Uh, we'll pay a couple of bills with a commercial or two. And then when we return, we'll talk about, well, not only James in the Scott fishbowl uh, and some of his thoughts and strategies on that, but also for all of you out there who want to bet this Clippers Suns game, which is on Wednesday night, you're not going to get a better answer than what James Grande is going to tell you DFS and gambling. That's all back on the other side of this break. All right, we're back here with James Babyface Grande. What asshole gave you the nickname Babyface, dude? I don't know, but he is an asshole. <laughs> the absolute worst. Because I'm looking at you right now. Oh, no, I'm not even looking at you right now on, on the uh, on the chair. Turn your camera on so I can see whether or not you got some of that. Like, uh... Oh, look at you. You've got your Three Musketeers uh, kind of <laughs> weird goatee thing going again. Yeah, um, I so I've been growing it out because Orion, uh, he he loves when I shave it, and he has so much fun. So I let it grow, you know, for the three months that this has grown. Yeah, three nice. months, so one hair per month. Um, <laughs> and I let it grow, let it grow, let it grow, and then I shave it, and Orion just has a freaking field day with it. He can't, he, he just ah, like he's making all types of funny right, because he looks stuff. at it, he's like, oh my god, you're my age. <laughs> Yeah, I, I turned my camera off now. Dad, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> look at this: you shave and you look like you're my age now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the connection that him and I have. You know, it's what we share. It's what we share at this at this stage that he's at right now. So, Dude, how uh, funny does, does does your wife's side of the family at all like uh, big bushy beards or mustaches or anything like that? Um, yeah, her dad has a her dad has a full beard. See, there you go. So it's going to end up with that. Like the, the hairline always goes to like the maternal grandfather, right. um, which means that Orion's going to have like this, like 
thick goatee uh, by the time that he's like 12 years old. I hope he does. I'm jealous. I, I've always wanted to grow a beard, <laughs> um, but obviously we're, we haven't been very successful up to this point. So, uh, you know, more power to Ryan and, and I'll be living vicariously through him when he does eventually grow that beard. Well, you guys enjoy that for sure. <laughs> I shaved my beard off once and none of my dogs recognized me. And I think I gave John and Pemba a heart attack showing up on a live stream, freshly <laughs> shaven without giving them any sort of heads up on that. I'm I'm sure he's probably still recovering from it, too. He probably is. He was like, my <laughs> God, that dude has four chins. Put the beard back on. All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Scott Fishbowl first, and then we'll break down Clippers' sons here for everybody. So, first of all, uh, how many Scott Fishbowls have you been in? So, this is my first uh, experience in the actual Scott Fishbowl. I was in the satellite last year, but this is my first first time Scott Fishbowler here of Howard. Okay. Or Howard. All right. And your uh, and and I, I would say your impressions of it, but you don't do a Scott Fish impression, do you? I don't I do not do a Scott Fish impression. Um not yet at least, but I, I don't I don't <laughs> watch I don't a, do watch it. a couple of more of that getting buzzed episode yep. with me and 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 Scott Fish and Ryan Hallam uh and uh and you'll check it out. All right, so first time here and then wham, all of a sudden the the kicker wrinkle gets thrown in. Right. Right? right? Listen, Jen Piacenti sent me a, a tweet that somebody had had sent where I got to find it because this was like, this is genuine feelings about people in week six of last year's Scott fishbowl, two kickers would have finished top 30 overall, right? Kicker a would have been wide receiver three RB five tight end six and QB nine with a total of 24.2 points. Kicker B would have been wide receiver six RB seven, tight end seven and QB 12. Um, I believe one of those was young Hoku. Um, has to be. Yeah. But, but here's, here's the question, dude. Like, and Jen and I were talking about this too. A, you can't predict when a kicker is going to have a big game Cannot. and B, are you really going to like start looking at a kicker in rounds five or six, uh, just based on, you know, what somebody did during a week. I mean, week six, pick an arbitrary week. You know what? In, in week seven, those two kickers suck balls, right? Not, right. They did nothing. So how the hell is this, uh, is that, you know, something like this even relevant? I mean, I, I am struggling with it too, but I think there's ways to like not go that route. Right. I mean, we had, there's a lot of premiums. I know like, you know, kickers are, high scorers in this league but like you said it's very random and you know tight ends are a premium we have super flex we have first downs um receive half a point so i think there's ways to just avoid i'm not taking a kicker around five I, I don't know if you are um but i will not be making my debut with a kicker in round five um <laughs> did it sound like i was willing to take a kicker round no five? it's not literally in the in the slightest bit i just you know, I just was making sure, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, I, you know, I know you were on the you know, radio before this and there was no in between time, but I just wanted to make sure we didn't like stray away and do something crazy in between here. Um, and, and made you want to take a kicker because I think that's 
Like when, when's the earliest you would take a kicker? See, that's the thing. I was looking at it as, I mean, listen, if, if people start taking kickers at that point, I mean, I'm going to laugh, you know, and, and just fine, go ahead. Take them in rounds five, six, seven. I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, maybe after like round 10, uh, you know, I'll see what everything looks like, you know, on the board. But I mean, for me, it's like, all right, I'll, I'll be in, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to take a kicker instead of taking like a guy who's like third or fourth on the depth chart, you know, fourth or fifth, maybe on the depth chart as a running back, or he's like the fifth wide receiver, um, off of a, off of a team. That's like a, a run heavy team like right. Cleveland or, uh, or Tennessee, right. Then, you know, I mean, if you're asking me, am I going to take Josh Reynolds or am I going to take, you know, Mason Crosby, <laughs> um, then I might consider taking Mason Crosby. Right. But if you're talking about, you know, am I taking a, any kicker, you know, Ryan Suckup over uh, Chris Godwin? No, right. dude, that's that would be literally the dumbest thing ever. I mean, you also need to factor in like how bad kickers have been. And it's not like we're not losing points if kickers are missing here. Like we're getting minus three for a missed kick, minus one for a, a missed extra point. And I mean, with the extra points moved back, we've seen a ton of missed extra points. And, you know, there hasn't really been the most efficient kicking going on either. So, um, I mean, I, I'm just looking at things, there was, let's see. So there was like one, two, there was like seven kickers who kicked over 90% last year, Howard. So that means there was a lot of negative points coming from your kicker position. If, if this was a, a, you know, part of the Scott Fishbowl last year. So um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I can't see myself taking kicker before the double digit rounds. I just can't, I don't care. You're not like, you're going to see the quarterback runs, the tight end runs. You're, I'm not getting baited into a kicker run. Mark my words, I will not be getting baited into a kicker run, um, especially because they lose points just just like, I mean, I mean, quarterbacks lose a lot of points here too, but obviously Superflex, we're, we're prioritizing them. So, um, yeah, no thanks on the kickers early. No, no thanks. Good. I'm glad. I'm very glad. Now, what <laughs> picked you? You have oh, you have the sixth pick, right? Yep, number six. Number so six. So, based on kind of what you're seeing right now, I don't know if you've done any best balls or mock drafts for uh, for this. Based on you know certain thoughts and whatever, where are you? Uh, well, you know what 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 kind of lean do you have here? I mean, I like I I suspect two to three quarterbacks and. Kelsey to be gone before me, possibly Waller. Um, so I think, you know, I think I'm going to have the pick of the litter at running back personally. And I, and I think that's where I'm going to start. Um, because they're, you know, yes, the top five scorers were quarterbacks last year and the top, I think Kelsey was six, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but we still have a lot of running backs slotted in right behind them. So I think I'm looking at whatever the best available running back falls to me. And then post, you know, second round, 
uh, on the way back. Because what it flips on round three, right? We go back. Right. Uh, third round reversal, which for you in the middle kind of doesn't it doesn't affect you at doesn't all. Doesn't really affect me. It doesn't really affect me. So, no. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to get a, my pick of the litter at running back and then uh, work my way on a tight end and a, and a quarterback the next two rounds is is what my strategy is going in just based on, you know, what's going to be off the board. I mean, would I like to have uh, Patrick Mahomes? Um, yes, but I, or Kelsey or Waller? Yes. Um, I think if Waller's there, I would I would consider him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if that's I don't know if that's uh, reasonable. Uh, yeah, want. I mean, I'm, I'm picking 10th and I'm, you know, I'm kind of doing that whole I'm going to see what happens. I'll wait. Right. Let the draft come to me because, yeah, I am definitely curious as to what's going to be available to me. Uh, at round 10, um, uh, not round 10, but at pick 10. But yeah, the third round reversal, that's what's really getting me all sorts of jazzed up because right. now I could sit there. I mean, I could legit come out of there with like two strong quarterbacks. Right. And, uh, and, a and, a fan, you know, and a fantastic running back as well. Right. Just right. based off of that, if people start, you know, leaving players, I could end up, dude, I could end up with like, you know, Russell Wilson and um, I don't know, Josh Herbert, maybe. And then all and and then turn around and be like, oh, yeah, I, I would love to pick Nick Chubb. Thank you so right. much. Right. Um, and I think that's obviously an elite strategy. Uh, man, the third round reversal, like and, and being in the, the satellite, it was similar um, scoring system to the regular Scott Fishbowl last year. So I did get a taste of how it is. It, the scoring is amazing, and the way that he sets things up is amazing, and keeps us on his, on our toes. Um, like, man, do what do you think, Howard? Like, do do you think Dalvin Cook is there at six, or do you think like there's a possibility? Like, I mean, I, I think what I've been looking at is Cook Henry, uh, one of those two guys at number six. Yeah, I mean, well, if you figure, like, okay, so let's say Mahomes goes. Allen Kelsey goes. You do you think Murray or Allen? Let's just say just one of them. Okay. So let's say Kyler Murray, right? Yep. So that right there, that's that's two QBs and a tight end. All right. McCaffrey. Yep. CMC is four, and then five. You could say, yeah, man, it, it could either be it could be Waller, it could or be Waller. it could be um or Kittle. Right. Like you don't know who's who's you know more into it. So right, it could be one of those two tight ends. It could be a third QB. It could be either Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. Either way, yeah, I think you're looking at you're looking at like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Yep. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is a right. possibility there. Right. Like I, I yeah, I, I agree with you that you're going to have your pick of the litter as far as uh, as far as running backs go. No doubt. I mean, I guess like hearing you say that I could also, you know, I mean, like you just said, let's say only one of Josh Allen or Kyler Murray go. I mean, if one of those guys fall into my lap, it's going to be pretty hard to pass up on the other. So um, I could see myself going in a, in a couple different directions, but I think uh, if one of those quarterbacks are there or if one of those those running backs that you mentioned in in Cook, Henry or or Zeke are there, I think that's where I'd start. 
Um, and you know, the third round of reversal, like you said, doesn't really, doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter to me because I'm right in the middle, but, um, I'm going to, I just, I'm going to cook Ani. I can't wait, Howard. Oh, oh yeah. So, so did you request J Cole? I did. I, I mean, I am a, I am a hip hop and, and rap enthusiast. So I did, um, request J Cole. Um, and then we were in like the little, the Twitter group, uh, Ani and I, and Ani, I saw Ani said he's a big, uh, J Cole fan as well. So, uh, yeah, but I can't, oh, he's, he, just like you're cooking them in, uh, in tout, it's just going to be the same thing, you know? Well, we, we hope, uh, you know, uh, got a postponement there in Cleveland. So JC Mejia not pitching. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That's yeah. 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 There was, so that's, that's the crazy part watching weather all day. No, no indication that there was going to be a problem, uh, which is super unfortunate. Um, I'm really not worried because he played him too. Oh, okay. All right. So you matched him right there. Okay. So, so I matched him right there. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got some good stuff happening. Right. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. (laughs) Listen, man, I know you're not going to let me down. I never thought you would let me down. You are uh, this uh, trust in James. I do. I always do. Baby face. He knows what's going on down on the street. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, James, before we get on out of here, because I've kept you for far too long already, I'm sorry about that. But now the question is, sir, um, Clippers, Suns, um, I haven't even looked at the spread in this game yet. Let's talk uh, spread. Let's talk about from a DFS standpoint. I don't know who's doing the showdown uh, right up for it, but there will be one over at fantasyalarm.com. Wow, Shohei Otani with his second home run of the game. Holy crap. I am, I am, Howard, this is, oh, I'm going to turn my camera on. I'm going to turn my camera on. Okay, let me see. This is my shocked face. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of like you got like a little smug smirk to that (laughs) shocked face. I was, I was, yeah, I was trying to hold back the the smile. I mean, (laughs) this guy is just, he's like, Again, put his plaque in Cooperstown yesterday before the two home runs. Um, I agree. I definitely <laughs> agree. No doubt about it. Um, Yankees up 10 to 5 in that game. Holy cow. All right, let's go to basketball here, dude. Let's uh let's get it down. Yep. Um, do I have to let me let me find the uh let me find the spread unless the spread is sitting right in front of you right now. Yeah, it is. I got it open. So uh, talk to me here. Break it down. Clippers, Suns, where are we putting our money? So we have Suns favored on the road uh, for game six in L.A. Um, by Only by one. Um, oh, so, all right. So it's a coin flip here. Coin flip. And it's 215 over under. Um, I'm not necessarily – I don't love – I would probably take the Suns at minus one. Um, I think they're going to close the, the series out. I don't think that um, – I think they the, the Clippers played their best game in game five. Um, but I think this Suns team has been – you know, there was a reason why they were the higher seed in the regular season. Um, they're the healthier team. Uh, and I like the under quite a bit here, Howard. Under 215. Okay. Uh, both games in L.A. have been way under. Uh, 
two of the five or three of the five have been under 215. Um, and it's been her- Herculean performances that have boosted, you know, have hit the over. So um, I don't suspect that happens. Uh, I, I really do like the over um, or the under, sorry. And, you know, minus 112, it's another it's another pick them there um, for. Do we want to talk talk some props? Do we want to talk some DFS? We can nah, do both. You know, I mean, if you want to, I mean, if you've got a prop or two that you want to throw down, sure. Or you can just tell tell me who, uh, you know, who am I getting in my lineup in this showdown slate? Uh, I mean, I, I'll just quickly do both. I think I think I have a pretty good lean on on Devin Booker under twenty seven and a half points. I would definitely take the under there, even though the Suns close it out. I mean. I'm taking under 215. I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored here. Um, and I'm taking under Marcus Morris rebounds, five and a half. Um, eight games since the last time he's gone over five rebounds, Howard. So uh, even though I think there's a, there's speculation that his twin brother, Markeith, is currently playing. <laughs> um, and and nobody can tell because they have the same tattoos as well. I don't know if you knew. They have, it's, the, the Morris brothers are, all right, it's a crazy story. Same tattoos, same bank account, uh, and they're identical twins. So, you know, maybe, maybe I would like to get to the bottom of this. I think if we have a, some some researching uh, available, I would like to, to get someone their feet on the ground in L.A. to find out who's playing Marquis or Marcus. Um, for, for DFS purposes, I mean, we saw Paul George break out. Um, it's very hard in showdown to use somebody who's $18,000 in your captain spot. I generally like to pivot elsewhere. Um, Someone that I would pivot to, and I mentioned, I think Phoenix is going to close this series out. I'm I'm in on Chris Paul and Chris Paul has shot the ball poorly. This series, we saw a little life in game five, um, but the fantasy production has still been there. And if the, the shots begin to fall, which I think is extremely possible, here um we're looking at a monster performance i think he would be my favorite captain play of the slate um deandre ayton has a size advantage if if avitza zubak doesn't play again um i think that phoenix is going to make a lot of adjustments there i love deandre ayton who had a, a monster series until game five again you know i don't think there's a coincidence that ayton has a poor game and the clippers win by 14 uh there's definitely some correlation there i think the sun's game plan is all about chris paul all about deandre and pick and roll and getting Aiden the ball in the post um on the flip side of things reggie jackson has been tremendous he is gonna get paid this offseason howard i mean we're talking about a guy who's now scored 19 actual points after you know averaging 12 per game which is decent amount during the regular season but 19 actual points in seven straight in seven straight postseason games i think that's our our priority on the clipper side and i think everyone's you know value plays are going to be pretty similar i think what we're going to be doing is if zubak doesn't play we're probably going to look at nick batum who's only three thousand dollars he played 30 minutes he didn't take a lot of shots um, but he's a guy who could stuff the stuff, the box score, he had eight rebounds, two assists. Um, and he's a guy who averaged over a steal per game in the regular season. So I think Nick Batum is going to be a chalky value if Zubak doesn't play. Um, and I love what Cam Johnson 
brings to Phoenix. Um, he's able to stretch the floor. Uh, I loved him coming out of college. He's a great shooter. Um, and he's starting to show that in the postseason. So I think those two would be my favorite values of the slate. Um, so if we're talking, you know, Paul and Aiton at the top, um, you can play Paul George, but I would stick to using him in the util spots. Uh, the, the captain really just, it cripples the rest of your lineup. Um, and then in the value tier, uh, guys like Cam Johnson and and Batum, if Zubac sits uh, and Reggie Jackson in the mid tier, they, they all stand out to me quite a bit. I love it. Absolutely love it. Folks, check everything out over at fantasyalarm.com, dfsalarm.com for your showdown right up there. You got all the breakdown here uh, from James Grande uh, as far as the betting goes. We think, and I I love it, man. Go Phoenix. I'm all in on the Suns. I'm happy with that one. Um, I'm just, you know, for me, and I'm just anti-Clippers only because they <laughs> tanked. They tanked the end of the season so that they didn't have to face the Lakers in, in round one. I was just, it was a garbage move. It's 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 a it's a wuss move, and, and I have zero respect for that. So, you know, I'm happy with with Giannis and Trey Young was a great story. And uh and now you have the uh the the Suns, who, you know, I mean, really just uh, you know, Devin Booker, um, Chris Paul has been fantastic. Right. So you know, listen, I think uh, you got some good guys and you got the bad guy team in the Clippers and they're about to go out. So <laughs> I love it. Right. See, yeah, I, it's that's my that's my basketball analysis right there. The bad guy team, huh? The bad guy team, the team nobody likes. We want to keep it all small market, please. So no L.A. Um, that's going to do it for us here uh, tonight. James, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate um you know, everything, everything you do, man. I appreciate you being uh, a part of this fantasy alarm team, this fantasy alarm family. Uh, you bring so much to the table, man. I, uh, I'm very thankful for you. I'm very thankful for everyone at fantasy alarm, uh, for, you know, promoting me from the, the old news and notes team and then to promoting me to where I am today. And, uh, I wouldn't have any leg in this industry without you guys. And I, I appreciate that very much. And, uh, so does my family because, you know, that you guys are who pays the bill. So I, I we we all from me, Bree and Orion, we all appreciate it. And again, Howard, thank you for having me. Uh, one day when I get to sit down and hang out with the <laughs> uh, with the Grande family, I'm going to be one happy guy. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to be I'm the I'm the uncle that like that Orion's going to be like, Uncle Howard going to be by anytime soon. <laughs> he was a lot of fun the last time. Brought me a bunch of gifts. It was pretty funny. Told some jokes. Taught me how to play pull your finger. All the good stuff there. Yeah, I won't. I won't play pull your finger until uh, we'll keep that. We'll keep that on ice until uh, he gets to meet Uncle Howard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then if I ever end up moving to you know ne- like next door to you guys, then I can get like first <laughs> beer and first tattoo and all that other fun stuff. The stuff that parents don't want their kids to be any part of. You can actually you I'll do I'll talk to Bree. We'll we'll just keep this between us. You can give him the first tattoo. No, no, no. You you nobody wants to see anything <laughs> like that. This is this isn't prison rules here, man. You can oh, actually okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it out there, you know. I was just throwing the offer out there. Uh, th- I appreciate that, but that I that that I cannot do. <laughs> that I won't do. I won't do that to that poor kid. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for liking and subscribing and listening to the Anti Up podcast. Uh, Again, follow James on Twitter at the underscore real underscore grande. 
and catch all of his work at Fantasy Alarm, DFS Alarm. Uh, and we'll probably get him writing over at Wager Alarm. Oh, you do. And that's right. Boxing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We didn't even get to talk boxing. We don't have time to talk boxing now. That's going to be for the next one. That's it for us here tonight. Thanks so much, everybody. I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Anti-Up Podcast. We'll catch you next time.